Episode 1018, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? And I think she's back in Nacogdoches, Texas for the week. Uh, downtown, Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Yes, I am back in Nac. Hey. The na- what is it? The Nasty Nac? Uh, the Nasty Nacks. It's not the official name, but it is what I lovingly refer to it as. Hey, we, we have a great show for you today. I know we started last episode talking a little basketball. Today, we got a little football. Tim Tebow is on the show today. All-time great Florida Gator. Go Gators. Also, at the end of the show, we have a... We brought it back. What's Jesse thinking? You do not want to miss that segment. Oh, boy. I'm telling you now, for real, if you... Yeah. You don't want to miss any of it, but... Especially that segment. I'm I'm excited for 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 Tim to be on because I need some fitness inspiration. Because Man. Uh, you know he seems to keep himself in pretty good shape. That's, that's uh, from, like too from good. Like it looks uncomfortable, Tim. You could yeah. just like take a day off. He looks like he could play right now if if right if, now if he was needed. Yeah, he's bigger and stronger than he was when he was playing. <laughs> like, Honestly, the Lakers might jacked. need him for real. I'm sorry, Laker fans, but y'all might need him to play in a post or just foul people or something. Cause man, it's rough out there in LA. Now, I, I, you know, I, I want to take some inspiration from Tim because I've been, uh, you know, I've been indulging. Have you guys been to Taco Bell lately? No. They, no. their game, they've stepped it up in the years that you haven't been there. Okay. What? We got one of those like nice ones down the street here. And I, I walk over there all the time now, big touch screen. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm just amazed. Is it one of those cantina ones? Cause we have one of those yeah. talk about cantinas downtown where they have a full bar. I, I, there's no bar in this one, but it's pretty nice. Okay? okay. It's very clean. And, and you guys know they've been incorporating Doritos into the meals for quite a bit of time now. I mean, they have Dorito right. taco shells. Have any, who, who on this podcast have had a Doritos taco? I have not. That's going to be a no from me. Shame, shame, shame. It is, I mean, it is better than you think it is, okay? It is, I mean, it's, it's a taco wrapped in a d- giant Dorito shell. It's a perfect little invention. Everything on the menu... Every has, has stepped up the way they're grilling the burritos and quesadillas guys. They got like three new sauces. They go all the, it what? used to be mild, medium, hot. Okay. Right. We got and mild, fire. medium, hot. Then they introduced fire. I don't know if you guys know this. They got one called Diablo now. Okay. <laughs> they got a Diablo sauce in play. They seen. Why do you put hot sauce on the food? Because the food tastes bad. You got to cover it with heat. Like that's how not you, how dare you it, it it's an enhancement okay that's <laughs> that's like saying what why why do I why do I put on a, a you know this luxury coat on top of a, a, a luxury shirt it's because it feels even more layers of goodness that's what this more is luxury. like I said they've they, they've gone like three they've invented three levels of heat since you guys even been there okay wow. they've been incorporating Doritos I don't know what they're putting in the meats now. But it, guys, you are you you really really missing out. I mean, all new flavors of Mountain Dew too. This weird blue one, little blue lightning in there. I'm telling you guys, they're they've been innovating under our noses for years. Okay, you walk in there and, and it's it's totally different levels of Mountain Dew, of of Diablo sauces. 
and, and ways of doing taco shells, and it will blow your mind. I go to Taco Bell and try it, and tell me I'm wrong, bro. I, I live in Antioch, Tennessee, bro, and it's too many taco trucks for me to disrespect these beautiful people by eating that taco, bro. I'm talking about like. It's somebody grandmama back there whipping up That's carne fine. asada. Like it's this one taco truck or a taco spot that it's just like you just see them on the grill outside. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's gonna be really hard for me. This to- was made. This was that's fine. That, and I'm not disrespecting taco trucks. Okay, trust me, trust me on that. Okay, <laughs> I I like a taco truck most of the next guy. The food they make at Taco Bell, they had like food scientists who are probably some of the most highest paid scientists in the world cooking up flavors using using lab equipment and then shipping it out to, to taco store. Yeah, nothing it, says a, he- healthy and organic like a chemist coming up with a new menu. A item. chemist blowing your mind with, they're like, what flavor is this? It's, it's, I invented it with science. It's called Diablo, homie. And they don't serve it. I don't care. I don't care how fresh the ingredients are. I invented this with beakers and, and, and Dorito dust. And that's, okay? how the, that's how the zombie apocalypse started. That's how it's going to start. What a way. And we wonder why cancer is prevalent in American society. I feel we, like we, we should ingest. clarify that we are not being sponsored by Taco Bell, despite the like. Jesse apparently is. Jesse he might be. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm accepting nothing but meal satisfaction from them. And now that's wait all, a minute. Even if they said <laughs> for the now for the right price, for the right price. <laughs> The very I price, will be we a, will absolutely put, talk about how great Taco Bell is. Jesse, please. I ain't hating no please. Taco Bell. I'm just saying right now I got a boiler whipping up some fire next door. So And listen, you know. the, her ta- her tacos are great, but we've had them. They I'm telling you guys, it's 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 like a flip phone to an iPhone. Okay. It worked fine. The old way worked fine. You could slide it yeah. right in your pocket. Then they're like, oh, I can pinch this screen. I can swipe with my hands. That's what science is doing with the taco. It is, it's <laughs> guys, it's it's another level of innovation is mm. that's happening right mm. under our noses. Mm. Okay. And okay. and I feel bad that you guys are dismissing it when there's, oh, I'm not dismissing whole, it. Matter of fact, I'm going to try Taco Bell. I, what item should I get, Jesse? I'm a, For lunch, I'm going to try a Taco Bell item. Pick my pick okay. my lunch for me. Well, if you haven't had the Doritos Los Locos Taco, that's the obvious choice. Get okay. one of those. And, right. and, and it, you know, the, the, the spicy steak burrito, that's right. You heard me right. Steak burrito. I get those are pretty good, too. Uh, and they grill it. They grill the whole burrito. There's some Diablo on there, you know. Look, it's all right. I'm gonna I'm get, I'm get judge, both of them. I'm gonna get both of them. I'm gonna get both of them. And next next show we're gonna talk all about. All right, it. moving the show along. <laughs> Stay tuned. Up next, it's slices. Let Two fits and the tantrums, not just fits, not just the tantrums, fits and the tantrums. The song is Let Yourself Free. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. 
I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4. Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay. I, I saw this one. I really wanted to talk about it because it's about a gentleman who performed an act of endurance um, to just inspire a community. Um, his name is Alexander Tomonsky, and uh, he is now known as the Philadelphia Chicken Man because he has just completed the feat of eating 40 rotisserie chickens uh, over the course of 40 days. He ate one a day for 40 straight days. And he said that really he only did it because much of the world is in pain and he felt it was his obligation to do something that brings uh, him pain to make others smile. He said that to the New York Times. Um, Now, I don't, it seemed like a lot of people got into this because he started hanging flyers around the city of Philadelphia telling people when he would be finishing his challenge, which was uh, they could meet him down by the drawbridge next to the Walmart, which... Evidently, with specific enough instructions, because hundreds of people came up, <laughs> came there, many dressed up in chicken costumes um, to, to cheer him on. Now, he did say uh, he, he had quite the, um, you know, the, the physical uh, impact of this what was was not great. He, um, he said he could feel the pulse of his heart in his stomach throughout the challenge. Uh, which he thinks may have to do with the sodium intake in these rotisserie chickens. He also lost 14 pounds and had lots of dizziness and achiness, but he did complete it and he inspired a city. So you said 40 rotisserie chickens in a row or like four, like once a day? No, like, I think it was like one a day. One, one a day, one a day for 40 days. And that was his only meal of the day. Was it? But when I read about this, I'm like, dude, free, free rotisserie chickens every day? I do that, Ain't no problem. Like, this does not seem like that big a deal. This seems like he kind of bamboozled the community into thinking he was doing something noble when really it's just like, I'm going to have a great lunch every day. Also, it's one rotisserie rotisserie chicken. Like, I mean, it's not like we talked about turkey last time. It's not a huge bird. You know, you can get a small one. And so uh, the fact that he lost weight, he was doing this wrong. I think he should have maybe done it differently. No, he was doing it right. It's called keto (laughs) is what it was called. It's called keto. Exactly. This is is a keto diet. That's all it is. you know, I'm fine. I'm fine that he's getting exposure and he helped his community. But, you know, give me, tell, tell me a hard challenge. Tell me you ate nothing but, you know, clams all, all month. Ugh. Okay. Then we can talk. But I'm not going to act here. We're not going to be making a Rocky statue for my dude for eating delicious rotisserie chickens every day. I'm sorry. It's just, I'm just not impressed. I'm, I'm not, you know. This but. reminds me of those uh, mission trips to like Hawaii. Or like, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're going on a mission trip to Puerto Rico. Like, <laughs> We're exactly. at Puerto Rico, the beach. What? Yeah. There's like tons of churches down there. Well, yeah. Yeah, I see why. Know, just send in your donation. We'll get us there. Okay. What do you have, Derek? Metaverse. What y'all think? Y'all think the metaverse over under? Where are we going? Is it, is it going to happen? Are we in it? What is it? That is not for me. That is for other people. And they can have, they can enjoy their fake little life. I got enough going on in the real world. I'm good. What you think, Jesse? Where you at? I'm all about the metaverse. I, I didn't, wasn't aware it launched yet. Um, <coughs> I think it was a soft if, launch. If, but if Facebook was like, here, man, you can have free 
Like if 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 they, if I had the, I just don't want to pay like three hundred bucks for VR glasses that I'm never going to use. But if Facebook were to be like, hey man, you can have free VR glasses if you chill in the metaverse, I'd totally do it. But no. that's my. Big, do you play? You, you know. play video games, Jesse? Uh, I have like a I have an Xbox 360 with like Madden 2011 on okay. it, and that's pretty much the only game. But I'm not against gaming. Are Are you, you know? good? Are you good at video games? I'm good at I'm good at Madden 2011 on Xbox 360. All right, all right, because I just wanted to know because this guy just invented a VR helmet that if you die in the metaverse, your head explodes. Uh, so there's that. So I mean, he, what his whole perspective is? Then I'm definitely not joining the metaverse. <laughs> Isn't that kind of the point of the metaverse? Is like there's not real world consequences. That seems it's like saying, "Hey man, I invented this new version of Grand Theft Auto, but if you get caught, you go to prison." And it's like, well, that's not the fu- <laughs> like I was stealing cars in in a video game because it had no consequences. Yeah. You know? So his concept is based on the anime called Sword Art Online, which is actually really really dope. But. uh yeah, it, it Sword Art Online. If you die in the game, you die in real life. And uh, but this this guy is like, if you put this VR helmet on, and if you're playing Call of Duty and you die, three explosives go off and blow your head off. So I, you know what? I'm gonna pass personally. Um, again, <laughs> if this is what people want. No, I read this, and I think what he was saying was. This is like, or it's being developed. I don't know if it's officially developed yet, but I think what's more shocking is the fact that this technology exists, that there is like, we've, we're at a point in society where it's like, you can play this game and then die in real life. Like that is, that feels like a black mirror episode. And the fact that it's reality is just insane. It is. It is, it, it is lunacy for sure. All right. What do you have, Emily? Um, I have a sad story for some students out in El Paso, um, you know, it's it's been a while since we've all taken the SAT, but I think we can all remember that it was kind of a stressful test. Mm-hmm. Um, and dozens of students are going to have to retake that test because their test got lost on the UPS truck. Um, something happened and a bunch of the tests just flew out of the back of the truck and they were able to get most of them, but 55 students were not able to recover their tests. And so College Board has been in contact with them they are going to get to take the ACT for free, which feels like more of a punishment. But um, and they, I think they can retake the SAT for free as well. But I just feel for them because I barely wanted to take the SAT the first time, and now they have to take it again. And no, nah, y'all gonna have to give me a hundred. That's that's what it is. That's what I, I'm like, yeah. just yeah, they've exactly. been through enough. That's not my fault. Well, actually, a yeah. hundred's not great on this. Damn, oh, well, yeah, true that. that. I forgot. Yeah, y'all gonna have to give me. Was it like three thousand or two? What's the max you can make? Whatever. I think on it's no, just give me a good score. How yeah, about that? Like How an average this? one. Let's Look, it, yeah, this. just average me in, bro. Like just yeah, give me in the tell college. That you lost it. I won't tell that you mm-hmm. lost it. Just give me enough for a scholarship. That's all. Yeah, that's all. Just that's enough. Huge. Not a huge one, yeah. but maybe like a couple thousand might help. No, it is really sad. One student said that because. Um, he won't have his SAT score in on time. He might miss out on uh, getting into the college that he wanted. He was trying to go to Texas uh, A&M and enrollment hey. closes and he might not, there might, might not be enough time in between, which I will say, you know, he, I feel like he was pulling a me, wait until the last minute to do the test if you're really heading it this close. But again, not going to fault him. He tried. And yeah. Surely Texas A&M will have some leniency though, right? I don't know. It's not the easiest school to get into. Not the hardest, but it's not the easiest. Don't trust the UPS worker. I, I'll be honest. I want to hear from the UPS worker because yeah. 
how's how are they feeling losing you know all these tests and stuff um yeah that's you gotta it's feel bad. High stakes deal. yeah it's high do you just submit deal. your resignation that day or do you do you think no you i say you just roll with it i'd just be like you're not gonna believe it man <laughs> pack of dogs ran out and chewed them <laughs> oh, all so you, you make know, up figure something a whole out. story I, <laughs> yeah alien oh, yeah. abduction oh, yeah. i'm something. not i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not taking the blame for this but yeah, well, <laughs> stay safe out there, everyone. If you're a UPS. All right, well, that will do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Tim Tebow joins us. How we gonna make it hit? How we gonna make it hit? How we gonna make it hit? The flows are too cold and Jackie don't miss. How we gonna make it hit? How we gonna make it hit? How we gonna make it hit? The flows are too cold and Jackie don't Matty free to infinity, or they call mirror the voice, rejoice, ways are back with boys. Beast still banging the nest, the noise. I keep on ripping the nest, the choice. Uh, back in the place that's true. You're listening right to Barney Artist and Mr. Jukes. The song is 93. Love that. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get. This podcast, ad-free, you get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives, our beautifully designed digital issue, and a little more. Uh, Check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guest today is Tim Tebow, former football quarterback, speaker, and author of the brand new devotional, Mission Possible. He sat down with our very own downtown Emily Brown to talk about finding a purpose that you're really passionate about and how to pursue it in the midst of difficulties. Here is our conversation with Tim Tebow. Go Gators. I'm really excited to speak with you today. Um, You have a new devotional out, which is awesome. How does it feel having it out finally? Oh, I, I love it. It's um, honestly, it's really exciting because it's shocking how much work a devotional is, especially 365, right? <laughs> it's, you know, I've had the chance to do a, a good amount of writing, but you know, the, the 365, I think it's, it's a kind of a little bit more of a different process of how you think about it. Cause every day you're breaking into categories and you're breaking month by month and kind of working through it. And it was really, really fun, challenging, exciting. Um, definitely one of the, the best experiences that I've had though, just really enjoying the whole process. And I'm hopeful that, um, that different people that pick it up will also enjoy the process as well. Um, cause I just think there's a, a lot of really, um, impactful nuggets that are in there that, um, have impacted my life through amazing heroes, through God's word, through scripture, and, and hopefully it'll have an impact on the readers as well. Um, Because it's all about finding your purpose, which I think is something that we all have that question about and we all want to find. Why is this a topic that you're specifically passionate about? 
Because I think it's a question most people are asking. I really do. I think it's a question most people are asking. Most people are wondering. Most people are trying to figure it out. They're trying to say, hey, how do I do it? Can I do it? Do I actually even have a purpose, right? And it's the bigger questions we ask. Like, why am I here? What am I supposed to do while I'm here? Can I actually even make a difference? And I want to be able to help bring people to God's word so that they can see scripture answering those questions of, yes, you're here for a purpose. You, Your life is important your life is valuable your life has meaning and there are good works for you to do and i think when you you also kind of um look at some of the bigger areas that we hit in this devotional i think one of them is it helps shape your mindset your mindset that you have a mission that that you your mindset that you have a purpose your understanding of your identity your understanding of of God's love for you and God's character and then i think uh, kind of a, an, another piece of it would be a challenge a, a challenge to me a challenge to all of us to get uncomfortable, to live intentionally, to say yes to helping hurting people, say yes to going out of our way, not just saying yes to praise, promotion, platform, status, all the stuff that kind of life throws at us, but say yes to the things that are going to last so much longer. And I think then maybe the, the third big area that we touch on is just encouragement encouragement to me to you to everybody that you know it's not going to be easy but we get to trust god's plan that we get to give it to the lord and i think what's also in, in you know encouraging in here is i get the chance to also share 30 on other people's story they get to share a piece of their story in here and um it's some of them as it's parents of um that have lost their their children some of it is young boys and girls who are fighting life-threatening illnesses. Um, one of the stories shared in there is a survivor of human trafficking. And so those different forms, you know, uh, mix in with God's word to give encouragement to us because I also feel like that's so needed. Life can be hard. And so although we want to challenge people, we also really want to encourage people, you know, that in two to five minutes when they pick it up every day, hey, you know what, we can, you know, kind of... Um, set our mind on things above we can you know be challenged to go live it out and then we can also be encouraged to you know maybe light that fire a little bit more um one thing i wanted to ask about is um you know we find our purpose and we're pursuing it and then you know, obstacles happen or hurdles that we have to overcome. How do we face those and how do we get over those hurdles to keep going towards our purpose? I love it. That's such a good question. And I think that's part of where kind of the the bucket of encouragement that we wanted to um, write about to encourage people that, man, when you're trying to live out your mission, it's not always easy. I would even say at times might not even feel fun. But I would also say that I believe that's totally worth it. It really is. And so I think the encouragement is is really important because um, encouragement means to give support, confidence, or hope to. And we need those things. We need support. We need confidence and we need hope. And those are things that I feel like it, it's why it's so important that, that we start our day 
um, in God's word. It's why we start our day, you know, being able to dive in things that are also going to give us hope, that, you know, going to spark that hope in us, that are going to give us confidence and are going to support us because life's not always easy and it's hard. But I think when we understand that going in, we know there's going to be obstacles. We know there's going to be adversity, but we also know when we say yes to it, at the end of the day, it's also going to be worth it. Right. And so it's that encouragement with the mindset of, hey, it's this doesn't mean it's going to be fun at all times. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I do believe that it's going to be fulfilling, but that's diff- fulfilling is also different than fun. And and so I think that's another piece of where we try to encourage people is, yeah, you know, there's going to be obstacles and there's going to be naysayers and there's even going to be disappointing times. And, um, you know, one of the things that I like to encourage people with is one of my oldest sisters who was a missionary for a really long time in some really hard places would always say to me, Timmy, God will never waste your pain when you give it to him. God will never waste it. And so a lot of times and going... <laughs> through the missions that God has for us and the purpose that God has for us, there are periods and moments of pain. But I also believe when we give it to Him, God's not going to waste it. He's going to use it in our lives and through our lives. And so I think that's also a piece that we like to touch on because it, it brings purpose to the pain. And it brings meaning in those moments. And and that's something that we can also hold on to because adversity is it's here, it's coming, or it just, you know, or it's just past us. But it's a cycle and there's, you know, while we're here, there's always it's gonna it's gonna happen. And so I don't encourage people to shy away from it or hope it doesn't happen. It's no, we can be prepared for it, we can know it's coming, but we can also be ready to brace ourselves. Um, well, before we wrap up, I would really just love to hear about um, your foundation and the work that you're doing with anti-human trafficking. So what's been going on with it and how can people get involved with it? Well, thank you for asking. It's something that is uh, just so near and dear to my heart. And it's such a big part of, uh, of I believe, the calling God has for me. Um, uh, the Tim Teo Foundation is... Um, it's a, our mission statement is to bring faith, hope, and love to those needing a brighter day in their darkest hour of need. And um, we're fortunate now to do that in over 70 countries around the world. And um, really our heart is to go to hard places and be able to bring faith, hope, and love truly to those in their darkest hour of need. Whether that is the or- orphan, the abandoned, the special needs, the less than, the trafficked, um, that is who we've been called to. And that's where we believe that God has called us. And so specifically with human trafficking, we're um, so honored to now have um, 18 safe homes and 13 that are in the process of being built um, as well. And um, and to be part of teams that are constantly in education and rescues and um, long-term restoration and trying to build more and more every day. We're in the process of building a protection center in Thailand for girls who have um, 
uh, been rescued from human trafficking, but there are still death threats. There are prices on their head and there are people that want to silence them. And so that's a massive project for us right now. Um, we are continuing to try to expand and get into as many countries as possible. Why we're trying to you know, build as many safe homes and educate as many and rescue as many also here in the U.S. as possible. Um, our team was just in, in one state of a couple of weeks ago and, and um one of the my team members called and said um hey a, a boy just came up to me we we're educating at an elementary school and he said where were you two years ago because what you were saying what you were talking about that happened to me two years ago by my dad and you know that that just um, it grieves us, but it also motivates us because that's why we have to live with a sense of urgency because so many kids are going through a horrible, horrible form of evil, um, which is human trafficking. And we have to be able to stand on the line um, as believers, stand on the line as people that, that value every single life and say no longer on our watch. We got to do something and we got to do more. And, and we have to do it urgently um, because just like that boy, so many are asking the question, where were you? And and that's our job and our responsibility to get to as many as we possibly can. That was Tim Tebow. Stay tuned up next. It's What's Jesse Thinking. You're listening to Gorillas. The song is Baby Queen. Well, okay. I'm going to lift the veil here. So while we were recording the podcast, if you heard last podcast, you heard me mention that we were recording a couple of shows in the midst of a hurricane hitting my house. That is that is true. And I joked about the fact that I may lose power. Well, we recorded the first show. No problems. We recorded this show problems i lost power <laughs> right in the middle of the show so uh we weren't able to record as a full cast this final segment but jesse and i got back on the horn to record uh, what's jesse thinking oh my goodness maybe it's maybe it's derek and emily that keeps us on track but without those two in the fold this goes sideways uh, uh without any further ado it's time for a post-production edition of What's Jesse thinking? Huh? What do you have this week? All right, guys, this is I I, I got to tell you. Um it's I didn't I, w- I was really thinking about which way to go this week, you know. Um we're Sideways. recording. I'm just going to lift it. Yeah, I'm going <gasps> to lift the curtain a little here, camera for the listeners. That's Do it. cool. We record this at different times than you hear it. A lot of people will be shocked to know that what? this is not a live show. Um, I don't even, to, to be honest, off the top of my head right now, I don't even know when this is coming out and it doesn't matter. But I wa- I really wanted to do, and and w- I, I would like to do a follow-up on what Jesse's thinking soon, Cameron, because okay. this weekend I have big binge watching plans. Ooh. Um, 
You know, late night rabbit holes are my jam. Okay, we're all in the grind every day, right? We're we're, we're making things happen, doing yeah. you know, taking care of business. TCB. You know? At, at night, I like to think about the wonders of the world, okay? And there's a new documentary series that's coming on uh, on Netflix today. And I'm already planning. I'm already planning my week. It's called Ancient Apocalypse. Oh, my goodness. All goodness. right? Here's the premise. I just hear the premise, okay? And then, and then Cameron, me and you are going to watch it. You're going to have to because I'm saying it on the air. All right. And your mind's going to be blown. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to do another one of these where we just talk about it. It's probably going to be a whole episode. All right. So the premise of this show is that we are not the first advanced civilization on Earth. Like, right. th- there are other humans that were here before us that had more advanced technology than we do. And this doc, but some sort of apocalyptic event happened. Now, you could say that apocalyptic event is like, you know, the flood, you could say it's Babylon from like a Christian perspective, you know, but some advanced civilization was here, had hyper advanced technology that it operates with a different type of physics. And these historical uh, uh, historians are going to are going to scour ancient scriptures and, and look at archaeology and weird hieroglyphics, and they're going to unveil this ancient technology in this documentary. It's going to be incredible. It's called Ancient Apocalypse, and we got to watch it, Cameron. You said you ha- we have to. You said historical historians. Uh, is there any other kind? Uh, but my question to you Altern- is: Let me say this: They're all they, they're alternative historians. Okay. They they believe in their own history, okay? <laughs> and that's why I'm in. I've been also. Can I just rant for a minute? Yeah, I know we're t- we had a segment to do. I've been listening to a podcast quite a bit lately, <laughs> and I think we need to have these guys on. I don't know; it's it's right in our lane, okay. but it's close enough that right. I would be willing. I'd be willing to record a segment independently and just send it to you guys, and you just do what you will. So there's this podcast, okay? You guys know I love this stuff, sure. right? There's this podcast called Blurry Creatures, right? And it started a couple <laughs> years ago with these two guys. Just hear me out. Just hear me out, okay? I guarantee you there are Blurry Creature listeners in our audience. Uh, so these two dudes, it's just two bros, and they they want to start a Bigfoot pod, okay? Squatching. They're basically just, it's, it's squatching radio, okay? <laughs> just trying to figure out what Bigfoot's all about. Well- they started having on guests and stuff. And it turns out these dudes grew up in the church, right? They oh. are, they, they both are, are believers. And the more people they started having on, they started no, noticing these threads that uh, a, a lot of people were pointing to like giants and Goliath and Nephilim and, and this stuff that's in scripture that to point to some supernatural phenomenon. So what started off is just the exploration of Bigfoot. They talk about aliens, ancient civilizations, all this weird stuff, but they tie it back to scripture. Not going to lie. Some of the guests are pretty out there. I'm certainly not endorsing every, all the weird stuff I've heard, but it is very fun to listen to. And I would love to have those guys on too. I just feel like those are the type of rabbit holes that I find myself in. It's so much more fun to think about than like inflation or the recession or the rise of Christian nationalism. Like, Hey man, maybe they're Bigfoot in the Bible, you know? I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. So you're saying these ancient civilizations with advanced technology maybe fell at Babylon or at the flood or something like that. I thought, I don't follow any of this stuff. Yeah, I thought okay. some of those theories were that it was alien technology. Like the only way the pyramids could have been built or the what? Aztecs or different things was like alien interference. Yeah. Isn't that what the new Indiana Jones was about? 
Was that the little crystals were aliens? Essentially. But here's the thing. What we think of as aliens yeah. is something that is is extraterrestrial. So not terrestrial, not of Earth. Right. Now, the other idea is like when you read the Old Testament, like pre-creation, there were a lot, there's a lot, there was a lot of like beings that are that were involved in the story there. The rock there monsters. was literally a war. Yeah, there was a war in the heavens between, you know, very powerful beings, right? I mean, that's in scripture. Yeah. What happened to those beings, you know? So the the theories are that whoever whatever those beings are, you know, are still in existence. Like God didn't annihilate them and he actually gave them dominion over the earth. Like, you know, the 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 earth uh, you know, the devil kind of have his reign here on earth. Um and that what we perceive as aliens or what we perceive as this kind of intergalactic technology is just an element of creation that we don't we aren't good at perceiving, but is very persistent, especially in the Old Testament. Wow. So like, to, all right, take the story of of Moses, right? Mm-hmm. When Moses goes to Pharaoh. Now, remember, this is Pharaoh like this is way after the pyramids. OK, so. You know, a lot of people, the, the pyramids still seem to be a mystery. What kind of technology did they use to build these pyramids, right? Well, Moses, what does he do when he wants to free the Israelites who are enslaved by Egyptian pharaohs? He goes to pharaohs and he shows pharaohs magicians magic that they can't understand. But the implication is pharaohs mag- pharaohs people knew real legit magic like they were doing crazy stuff like remember the story where moses throws down the staff yeah and the other guys throws down Snake. the staff and yeah. they all turn to snakes yeah well moses snakes eat theirs but how did Mo- how did pharaohs people throw down a staff and make it turn to a snake the, the implication is there was some sort of ancient technology or some sort of ancient science at work that we don't understand that is sort of outside of our perception and that whatever's going on with UFOs or UAPs or aliens is actually something that's been around since Bible times. Boom. Mind blown. Right. I think I, I think when I was a kid, I was like taught that like, you know, this was Satan versus God miracles, you know, like there's demon possession. There's Satan has powers too. I didn't, you know, I think it was just taught that this was like the good and evil thing. Not that there was like, you know, aliens, technology happening in the Bible. Well, and I'm not saying it necessarily aliens, but we also know there's a hierarchy of beings that are not just, I mean, there are seraphim and and cherubim. There are literally different species of angels that if you were to see one, would probably look like an alien to you. Well, I mean, uh, look I, at the uh, book of Ezekiel. Uh, the book of Ezekiel describes a UFO, you know? A, 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 and every time an alien appears to man in the Bible, th- it says, do not be afraid. So like yeah. our idea of a little angelic winged man is clearly not what it was. It was a terrifying, you know, I think we can derive that it was probably in a rotating orb of eyeballs and light and, you know, it's terrifying. So I, I'm with you. How come we don't see them now? That's my question. Well, that's the the million dollar question here, right? Like, um, we know that a lot of them were eradicated at the flood. You know, part of the reason, you know, that the Bible says that God sent the flood was that, you know, essentially mankind was corrupted, but part of what was corrupted, and again, this isn't scripture, this is where stuff gets weird. And this is, uh, you know, you know, gets a little out there. But if you were to take a literal interpretation of scripture, 
it says that these beings, whether you know they're some sort of fallen angel or some sort of lower god, right? Like that had you know because the lower gods were part of scripture, they were uh, uh, you know interbreeding with with women, and that's what was created. That's they essentially Goliath was one of their offsprings. Like when Joshua and Caleb go into the promised land. They didn't just say they were. They saw giants there. They said we were like grasshoppers. Think how big that is. The implication is that the earth had been largely taken over by these beings that were intermingling with humans, and they were so much more powerful for humans that God's only recourse was to flood the earth and wipe them all out. Uh, but Revelation says that when the time for the second coming, it will be as of the time of Noah. So we, you know, maybe they're coming back. Maybe, you know, that's what we're kind of seeing with all this UAP stuff. I'm just saying, it's a lot of fun to think about. Yeah, okay. Now you just blew my mind. Wow. I didn't, I never, I never thought of that. That's crazy. Read the Old Testament through that lens of, you know, man, like, like I said, when Joshua and Caleb, want, the thing that prevented them so, from- So, so God, God had a creative intent for man mm-hmm. and him and these other beings messed up the plan. So he had to hit control alt delete and flood it, kill it and hit reset well, well, back to just man and him. Well, kill their offspring, kill yeah. their offsprings, which were interbred with man. But right. those beings who launch, because here's the thing too. That, that, but why didn't they come back? Why didn't they just go, cool, we'll just get with Noah's family. Well, that's that's the big mystery, right? Like, uh, you know, what's holding them back? Because throughout ancient scriptures, they, they were it was like this ever present. There was literally a war in the heavens. Mm. If you believe, if you take a literal interpretation of Genesis, that these beings were so powerful that they thought they could overthrow Yahweh. So they're rebellious in nature, and 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 have already tried to overthrow God's creation before. And so it, it, like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying any of this is stuff that people should be concerned about, but it is fun to think about, especially if you have a somewhat literal view of the Bible. I, th- I think the people who do not interpret scripture literally the way you do talk about metaphor, talk about uh, sure. the understanding, and I'm open to that. the understanding yeah. of the ancient people couldn't comprehend scientific reality. And so they, they describe things in a way that, you know, we would not today Blah, 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 blah. But you're saying maybe we have it backwards. Maybe ancient scripture was maybe actual reality. And now we're living in a limited understanding of this spiritual versus physical realm. Well, I mean, look, we've talked about it on the show before, right? Where it's not really debatable at this point. Uh, Well, I guess, you know, I I do think there's a real possibility that the UAP thing, like UFOs and that type of thing are are terrestrial. Yeah. Yeah. Is is military technology. But I I also am not, not open to the idea that there are other beings that are potentially going to play a role in sort of the, the human story that are not just humans and, and, and God. I do, uh, I do think uh, everybody it, can agree with you. Everybody uh, theologically can agree with you that our 
flannel board Sunday school version of God, man, and angels is not yeah. accurate <laughs> to scripture. Yeah. You know, that there, that the, the spiritual warfare, that spiritual occurrences in our world are real. Demons are real. You know, angelic beings are real. And we, in our current context, ignore that almost completely. And that, and that well, historically, that wasn't always the case. Exactly. And and that brings me to the topic I want to talk about is like, Oh, that was all pretext. You know, I think oh, wow. Okay. That was pretext. <laughs> wow. and, and I know this, if this runs long, you guys can cut me off. But like, I think the, the idea that there is a divination point between what we think of the natural world and the supernatural. Right. I, 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 I don't personally believe that that actually exists. Like okay. there is some magic realm that is sort of exists that, like, because that's, I feel like a lot of, as Christians, that's what we're taught, you know, it's like, right. uh, but when Paul says, I see through a glass dimly, just because you see through it dimly doesn't mean there's something not just as real on the other side of that glass. That isn't, there isn't some connection point, right? Like, right. I'm not saying I, I do think if you understood the science, which is the language of God, you know, you could under like truly understand it. I think you would understand like the, I, I think it does a disservice to say there's like a quote unquote spiritual realm and a natural realm. I think they're probably a lot closer intertwined than we than we can even imagine or, or we really understand. But I don't think they're two separate things. Right. Um, so that kind of plays into it, too. Like we have a very binary view where mm -hmm. it's like. This is the physical world and then there's super, the spiritual world where I don't think they're that disconnected, you know, um, like you and I grew up in a pretty charismatic, mm -hmm. you know, kind of realm where there was this idea of this like invisible unseen. But like if there were sort of like angels or demons or whatever, I don't think it's inconceivable that they would use some sort of technology like a UFO to travel or maybe they live somewhere that isn't you know, that is another physical place. Well, I think, you you know, as Christians, you have to sort of be open to that, you know? Well, I mean, Revelation talks about New Jerusalem. I mean, it's like a physical earth location with supernatural, yeah. you know, inter, you know, interaction. It is interesting to me, and, I, and, and I'm not a theologian by any stretch, and I'm sure plenty of theologians can answer this for me, but it is interesting to me that there are so many stories of what you're talking about in the Old Testament and then after the ascension and then Acts 2, mm -hmm. you know, the impartation of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, on earth that we don't see or hear that through history in the last 2000 years. We don't, we hear of miracles. We hear yeah. of, you know, demon possessions. We hear of like things that we can wrap our heads around, but we don't hear about like these Old Testament spiritual beings in our physical yeah. world. That is really interesting to me. I don't know why theologians, if you're listening, you can email us or tweet us at, at relevant podcast. Yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're thrilled about this conversation. I'm sure they're thrilled, but, but to my whole point that, uh, that the, the line between what we think of as, as natural and supernatural is, is not as, as uh, sort of, you know, kind of concrete as we think it is. I wanted to talk about a, a recent study that's coming out of the University of Queensland. And uh, they were looking at uh, what they, the, the idea of superposition and black holes. And so before I get into the study, I wanted to, have you guys ever, Cameron, have you ever heard of the double slit experiment? No. It's very, it, without seeing it visually, it's very hard to describe. But, but essentially, um, the best way to describe it is, um, 
It's a way to demonstrate uh, essentially Schrodinger's cat. So Schrodinger's cat was a thought experiment by a physicist named Edward Schrodinger to describe how baffling what the math shook out to on quantum mechanics. And what he said was there was a cat inside of a box and in along with the cat, there was a little device that could destruct and, uh, you know, self-destruct randomly. And if it did, poison would be released and the cat would be dead. So in the box, is either a live cat or a dead cat, right? But in in the thought experiment, until you open the box, the cat is both alive and both dead at the same time. The act of observation determines the actual reality happening. Now, that's a thought experiment, right? But what he was trying to demonstrate was, this is what the math says how the universe operates. Well, you know, in the last century, they've been actually been able to show in a lab doing something called the double slit experiment. Now, I'm going to do a really difficult, uh, bad job of describing it. People can go watch YouTube videos of this. It, it would more plainly uh, kind of uh, show what's happening. But essentially, they have this little gun that can shoot part like photons, right? So little particles uh, of light through these slits, okay? As they pass through the slit, they will. there's a screen behind it and will leave a pattern so you can see how the particles went through. Now, they, they, they uh, go through the slits in a, and leave a pattern in a, in a very um, predictable way, right? Like they mm -hmm. go straight through, they leave kind of linear lines. But if you close up one of the slits, they actually looks like they are, are uh, moving through and leaving a different, like a wave pattern. And they're operating in a way that we don't really understand. Like it doesn't make sense that they're passing through and leaving the pattern that they are. Hmm. So when scientists go to measure and, and look at the, the particles of light passing through the slits, they go back to acting normally. But when you don't observe them, they act differently. The act of actually observing the particles make them behave differently. It's essentially Schrodinger's cat in practice that the act of observation actually changes the outcome of how particles behave. Now, what uh, the scientists in the University of, of Queensland have found is that black holes actually operate the same way, that they have two different masses at the same time, but it isn't until you actually look at and measure the, the mass of the black hole that it actually uh, assumes one of those masses. So here's how one of the scientists describes it. He said, imagine if you're both broad and tall as well as short and skinny at the same time. It's a situation that is intuitively confusing since we are anchored in the world of traditional physics, but this is the reality of black holes. They are two things at one time and they only decide what they are when humans measure and observe them. And we've seen this on the particle level. The act of actually just looking and observing at something can, cha can change how the particles and now black holes actually behave. And that's what I mean when I say there are levels of quantum physics and quantum mechanics that sound supernatural, but this is like modern cutting edge physics and science that I think just has crazy implications for how we view creation. There's an episode of The Office, I think it was season six, where they had a meeting in the conference room. Yep. And I don't know if they were talking about ethics or they were talking about something else, but they got through the thought experiment of is the wall behind Michael real? And he's yeah. like, of course it is. I can see it. And he goes, turn your back to it. How do you know it's there? Yeah. 
And like they started debating, if you don't see it and you don't touch it, how do you know it's there? How do you know it's actually real? You know, these experiments show whether it's on black holes or whether it's on the particle level, seeing it and feeling it actually does make it real. If a uh, tree falls in a forest and no one is there to hear it, did it make a sound? Quantum, quantum mechanics would say if no one was there to see it, or it hear is it. not even there at all. Oh. Yeah. So... Again, again, I know this is trippy stuff, and I know I'm taking the show in a weird direction, but you, hey, it's just me and segment, you. It's people. just me and you. I told him, I told him what happened at the beginning of the segment. It's just me and you. They're not even listening. This, they don't even know this is happening right now. It's this just is me and but, you but talking. Look, th- this is the, this is the. Se- I'm trying. You know, again, this. Most of my time, I don't, I don't spend <laughs> thinking about this, but late at night, I do. I do. I'm all, I'm watching YouTube videos, listening to weird podcasts, you know, reading about quantum mechanics, super interesting stuff. But if people want to check it out, uh, they can, they can look, um, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Jerusalem posted his story on it. Uh, IFL science.com uh, popular mechanics. They've all done, uh, uh, big stories about this, uh, black hole, uh, double slit experiment thing. That sounds like science fiction, but it's actually science reality. If people are interested in it, go down the rabbit hole and have some fun while you're down there. And theologians, if you can explain to me why after the Ascension, we don't have big old scary spiritual beasts roaming the earth let me know let me know hey and and the offer's on the table if you want me to hit up these blurry creatures guy and just do a 10 minute oh, segment come on. i'm telling you it would blow it would blow people's minds 100%. i think people would really dig it i'll email them i'll email them today do and it. i will i will try to get would you want to be on or you want me to do it oh, and no, just send yeah. it whatever, you, the, the whatever you want whatever you want we'll do but you know if you don't copy me in the email how will i know you actually sent it how will I know the email or was did, real? Did, did it send at all? Did it send at all? Yeah. <laughs> did it actually happen? You know, do we got a dead cat in our hands? I don't know how that's coming. <laughs> all right. I'm going to email those dudes and we're going to have them on. I feel like, I feel like you need to be on there I'm done. because yeah, I'm sure. already, I've already, da- I've already gone down the rabbit hole. You need to take like the, 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 the fresh eyes I'm perspective. I'm the layman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. I will introduce them and say, guys, tell them about the Adenaki, which is some is mine. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, it gets, it gets crazy. So this got a little long, but I don't care. All I right. love this stuff. That'll do it for... Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank the one and only Tim Tebow for joining us today. Make sure to check out his new devotional book, Mission Possible. It is out now. Go Gators. Also, make sure to check out the fall digital issue of Relevant Conversations with the cast of the Rings of Power, MIA, Tycho, and T. Wright. So much more. Also, make sure to... You know, bookmark Relevant while you're uh, doing your daily web browsing. Uh, Right there at RelevantMagazine.com, we are covering the intersection of faith, life, justice, and culture every day. Uh, Posting a ton of stuff. Follow us on all the socials. We're on Twitter, as long as it's still in existence. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Um, Make sure to follow along. You can also sign up for, if you don't want to do the social thing, uh, just right there on the front page of our website, you can sign up for our daily newsletter of our top five trending stories. Um, in your inbox every morning. It's a great way to stay in touch as well. Uh, you know, we're working hard. Stay stay connected. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you next time. Have a great week, everyone.
listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. It's a taco wrapped in a giant Dorito shell. It's a perfect little invention. Relevant Podcast Network.